Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Steve Rosenblum. Mike Esposito on Sports Radio 670 The Score. I feel like I'm ready, you know. I think us as a whole team, uh, we're ready. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is... Uh, just, of course, mentally preparing for Green Bay and, you know, seeing what they're doing. And, um, you know, I'm just glad today that, you know, I got a couple of deep shots on the field, although we didn't connect. But um, it was, it was kind of good. It felt, felt good just run the ball, you know, downfield um, to DJ Moon. And, you know, we just talked about it. So feel good. But I think the only thing now is just, you know, game planning and just, you know, watching film on those guys. Justin Fields, your titular starting quarterback. Looking downfield. Yeah, that'd be a good thing if you're lying every time. And you're playing What's My Line, Justin Fields. We talked about it earlier, Justin Fields. Should he have a say in who plays center? Because of the snap, but also the communication and get the blocking right. But by the way, who's going to do the blocking? From guard to guard, we're still not sure. Let's see if we can get some answers from Chris Emma. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mike Esposito. We're in for mulling and hot today on this Labor Day. Hope your holiday is going well and you're not doing anything laborious. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We're going to the Score Hotline again. It is powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Chris Emma covers the Bears for the Score. What's your offensive line, Chris? What's up, guys? Happy week one. Let's do it. Let's get right into it. I like it. You got Braxton Jones back in year two at left tackle. Uh, I'm curious how Cody Whitehair looks in terms of the guard center configuration. I think if he's healthy, if he's cast is off and he's able to snap, then he does go back to center. Um, I'm not sure about the left guard spot. I think maybe that's where you put Lucas Patrick or you can flip-flop them. And, of course, Nate Davis, it sounds like he's ready to go. He'll be your right guard and right tackle, uh, the rookie uh, Darnell Wright. So, Chris, uh, and we were talking about Davis earlier, and you may not know any more than we know sitting here, but the whole thing just seemed very weird because he was not there for most of the preseason. And then, you know, with the the policy the Bears have on, you know, we're we're only going to tell you if it's something major. And it was never anything major with Nate Davis, and now he's back practicing and seemingly ready for week one. Do we have any idea? Do you have any idea what the whole thing was with Nate Davis? 
No, but what I do know is kind of what's been said. Matty Eberflus indicated last week that it was uh, more, excuse me, Ryan Poles indicated last week that it was more than just the injury, that he's been dealing with some other stuff. I believe it was said during one of the Fox preseason game broadcasts that he had some personal matters away from the field. So uh, I'm trying to be careful in terms of how we evaluate what he did and really did not do most of the training camp. But uh, the important thing is being ready for week one. And I imagine when we get out to the practice field in about four hours or so from now, you're going to see him lining up with those guys and being ready to go. Chris Emma joins us here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito, and from Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score, talking Bears. Bears play the Packers, season opener, 325. And the I think the broadcast starts at 3, and it'll take 25 minutes to list all the Bears quarterbacks who have played since Brett Favre became the starting quarterback. What have you seen from Justin Fields, the latest out there, who has never beaten the Packers, by the way. He is over his career against the Packers. What have you seen in the preseason that leads you to believe things are going to be better? It's a great question. I mean, look, I've seen better talent around him. I've seen the signs of an offensive line that can withstand the course of a season and protect him. And honestly, the rest of it is up to Justin Fields. Like, we know there's comfort in year two. He understands Luke Getz's system, and he's in a much better place from where he was a year ago. But I didn't see a lot throughout the course of camp where you said, oh, he's getting the ball out quickly every dime, every day. Uh, that's what I wanted to see. That's, that's kind of the missing piece in terms of this passing game. We know that Justin Fields can create plays, and he's got a lot of trust within his receivers, which is great to see. But uh, that missing piece is the timing and rhythm concept that his coaches have been open to saying that over and over again throughout this offseason, now into camp and heading into the regular season as they want to see him become more crisp with that timing and rhythm and getting the ball out right away going through the flow of that offense and getting his playmakers the ball. And we'll see. You got some glimpses of it, I guess, in the preseason. That first game, of course, against the Titans where Fields is 3 of 3 with two two long touchdown passes. Even if they were short passes, it's still uh, it's playing within the rhythm of the offense. And that's what you wanted to see. Uh, it was hit or miss some days throughout the course of practices in camp, but uh, look, we know how motivated this guy is. He's got the right head on his shoulders. He's everything you want in terms of the makeup of a quarterback, both uh, talent-wise and then, of course, the, the determination, the smarts, everything you need to be successful. Can you just put those final pieces together? That's what he's missing right now. Chris, on the defensive side of the ball, the Bears struggled mightily last year, not only pressuring the quarterback, but really in in, in holding the opponent uh, down in terms of scoring. I liked the draft picks. I'm curious what you've seen as you have been closer than most anyone uh, throughout camp and uh, throughout the preseason of Pickens, Dexter, and Stevenson, the, the three higher uh, defensive draft picks uh, that, that Ryan Poles made. What, what have you seen from the youngsters thus far? I'll start with the last guy you mentioned, and Tyreek Stevenson, because I think fans are going to fall in love with this guy. And You watched him every day in practice. You saw what's going to make this guy successful. I, I don't think I've ever seen a rookie uh, that confident, talk that much, go after his veteran teammates and challenge them the way that Tyreek Stevenson did. And I asked John Hope, the, John Hope, the quarterback's coach, have you, have you been around a guy like this? He said, you know, Charles Tillman to some degree, but he didn't talk the way that this guy did. And he's backed it up in those preseason games, but he's going to be a matchup nightmare for some of these receivers as a rookie starting week one. 
Uh, and this looks like it could be a really strong draft pick and somebody who helps solidify a, a talented young secondary. And then you go to those two defensive tackles in Dexter and Pickens, and uh, those were excellent picks. Those were guys who uh, filled major needs in terms of that three technique, that five technique, one technique. Uh, guys who are versatile within the defensive line and can shift around, but it can also uh, get after the quarterback. And uh, those are really good scouting finds, I believe. I think you're going to see both of those guys play a key role starting in week one as part of this defensive line rotation. And I'm really curious to see how that playing time increases as they continue to improve as their development progresses throughout this, the course of their rookie seasons. Uh, I think they really like these guys. You, you see the potential, you see uh, the upside, and they both really, they're high-motor Eberfus players. One of the problems with the Bears' defense is nobody believes they have the three technique they need to, 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 that this defense hinges on. That guy, pressure up the middle, force it outside, make Ngakwe a 15-sack guy, that kind of thing, push people his way. So it doesn't matter whether Jordan Love is overrated or he's the next Hall of Famer. And if that doesn't happen, you have a chance to make Jordan Love look poised, good, and get beat. I don't know what the Bears plan to do if there's more blitzing involved because their linebackers got a lot better. They seem to they're a lot smarter. What do you expect? How does this how does this play out with the defensive line where everything starts? But everything else on that defense, the secondary and the linebackers, look really good and strong and should benefit by it. Ryan Poles didn't fill the most important position in Matt Eberflus's defense. Yeah, I was really surprised back in March when they didn't go out and get that, that premier three technique because there was a bunch of them out there when you remember – that free agent class and Ryan Poles played his price points the way that he felt was necessary and he was willing to wait to the draft and uh I think Dexter could ultimately be the solution for that role, but obviously there's a lot that goes into that position. Uh look, every defensive coordinator in the NFL Alright, we uh we're having some problems with technology. Technology took Labor Day off as it turns yes, out. Yes, it did. So, but try to get Chris Emma back. Let me tell you this. Before Chicago takes on Green Bay in the season opener, tune in this Sunday morning, 9 to noon. Don't miss it. Oh, I won't. Tune in Sunday morning from 9 to noon for the PNC Bank pregame show presented by your local Ford dealers and Fox Valley Coins. Mully, Olin Cruz, and Patrick Manley will get you set for week one the week one showdown between Green Bay and Chicago. Then immediately following the game, we'll have the Great Clips post-game show presented by Telemore Dew, Mully, Olin Kreutz, and Patrick Manley. We'll have instant reaction to the opener. All of it can be heard on 670 The Score and the free Odyssey app. I think we have Chris back. Do we have you back, Chris? Were you sacked? What's up, guys? Where did I leave off? Well, I'll tell you what. Let me ask you this. Ryan Poles last week was asked. He had said, "You're not going to. We're not going to get everything done in one year, for whatever we need to rebuild, with free agency, with the draft, with positions. There might be eleven of the twenty-two guys might be different, uh, depending on health and everything else that's going on there." Okay, that's fine. He said he thinks he's seventy-five to eighty percent of the way there. I'm stunned by that number. What did you think when you heard? Ryan Poles say 75 to 80% of the way there. I think it's probably fair. I mean, look, he's overhauled most of this roster already. He's gotten rid of 
the Pace Nagy guys and a lot of the guys he inherited, and the players who are still left over from that regime are the the key players. The, you know, those top guys that have to be your blue chip players, as you if you want to go back to that term. Yeah, um, yeah. There still is a lot more work to be done, and I think a lot of that kind of comes down to the bottom of the roster and really building what he wants to be a successful 53-man roster, not just successful starters and successful depth chart. And uh, Ryan Poles, he, he's not going to say it publicly, but he knows this is a three-year project at the minimum to to get where they want to go, to build something sustainable. Uh, this is year two. They're in a much better place than they were a year ago. They've got better talent. They're much more competitive. It should be, at the very least, uh, you know, toward the 500 market, contending in a wide-open NFC North. But I think Ryan Poles knows they're still a year away from getting to where they want to go. And in that year, you get player development. You get uh, developing these guys through the Matt Ebers and hits principle and the way that they want to play and you also get through the process of acquiring guys throughout the course of the season, waiver wire pickups and small additions that can help the bottom of your roster. And then, of course, that draft, that next draft, which will, I think, really be one of the final pieces to uh, the Bears getting through where Ryan Poles hopes to be. And that's building a true, sustained team. Um, I'm not surprised what he said. 75 to 80% seems fair to me. Chris, we know the uh, Bears are going to run the ball a ton, I would imagine, uh, and hopefully Fields runs it a lot less because that means he's uh, not running for his life. That also means he's passing uh, the ball a lot better. But in terms of the Bears' running game, I mean, Herbert listed as the starter. I know a lot of fans uh, excited with the draft pick, Rashawn Johnson. How do you see that? uh, How do you see them splitting up carries? You also have Deontay Foreman in there. How do they mix things up? Does Herbert get the majority of them? How do you uh, foresee the playing time going there? Yeah, they, they really like little Herbert. I think you're going to see him be that, that feature back to start the season. Uh, he's been one of the most efficient rushers throughout the course of his first two years whenever he gets a chance. And you look at his numbers in those games where Dave Montgomery was banked up and couldn't go. So little Herbert really carried the load. He was excellent in that spot. Uh, they're excited to see what he can do without Dave Montgomery, with Herbert being that top number one back and, uh, they believe that he could be a really successful piece to a top-rushing offense. And from there, look, I think they like Deontay Foreman as well. Uh, they see him with that ability to get downhill, to get those extra yards, and to be tough. That's really what Roshan Johnson does, too. Uh, I think you're going to see Johnson initially be more of that third down back, that short yardage back, and, of course, that goal line guy. Like I think he's going to be getting a lot of touchdowns this season because they're going to be turning to him and you know, first and goal to go from three-yard line or whatever, and, Trusting he's going to be able to get, get that guy, uh, be that guy to get into the end zone. Like, he's a tough runner. We've already seen it throughout the preseason and in these games, plenty in training camp as well. But he's just finishing rushes through the would be defenders. And uh, I think he's ultimately going to be the lead back of this team. It's just a matter of when that happens because uh, he's took every box you want so far in terms of being that top guy. Before we let you go, we're talking with Chris Emma. He covers the Bears for the score. That's who you're listening to Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. Before we let you go, do we have an update? You sort of play GM for us here. Do we have an update on Chase Whirlpool? And if not him, who who who's playing there? Who who fills in Justin Fields' weapons? How do they go? DJ Moore, I get. Mooney, I get. I don't know about Chase Whirlpool. And if not him, who? I, I'm optimistic about what Chase Claypool could be. It was, first of all, it's nice to see him out there last week in practice kind of marking the return and being back to full speed um, is if he can stay healthy. And I know he's had his issues throughout the last couple of years there, but if he can be that healthy, uh, you see Justin Fields is trusting him. Justin Fields kind of understands now 
This isn't somebody you got to wait to take the top off a defense or beat that corner in a one-on-one route. This is somebody you just throw the ball to because he's just bigger than every matchup he's going to get. Uh, he's a big, strong guy. He's physical. Uh, he can make those tough catches in traffic. And that, in my mind, was the missing piece last year. If you watch the tape and see the disconnect between Justin Fields and Chase Claypool, he just wasn't given him opportunities. Like, that's in the last season but from Trevor Simeon in that game where Simeon threw with a total bleak and getting the ball to Chase Claypool over and over again. So uh, I think there's a connection now. I think Justin Fields understands this is somebody you just got to feed the football to. You know, Moore's going to be that guy who's going to be that matchup nightmare for a corner. And you know what Moody can do as a, as a great route runner. I think with Claypool, it's just going to be okay. He's got enough room right to just force him the football and get him that, that, that catch. And I think his clip would have a really strong bounce back season this year. All right. Well, that's it. Maybe just talking about Chase <laughs> Whirlpool gets you injured and your your phone call is done. Thanks. We hope Chris is okay. We hope Chris is okay, but there's a maybe there's space in, in the Whirlpool next to him. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, um, the, the, the nexus of sports and art – it often becomes, it's an interesting pastiche. And we lost one guy who was kind of legendary in Wrigley Field circles. And we're going to lose another one who had made a terrific Chicago appearance. So we'll share that with you in the Chicago, in the, in the sports and art version of where we are. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mike Esposito. We are in for Mullane Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito on Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Nibbling on sponge cake, watching the sun bake. All of those tourists covered with oil. Drumming my six train on my front porch swing. Smell of shrimp, they're beginning to boil. Wasting away again in Margarita. The legend, Jimmy Buffett, Searching passed away on Friday at the age of 76. Did you know, Espo? He was born on Christmas Day. I did not know that. Christmas Day, 1946, Pascagoula, Mississippi. That's it. Jimmy Buffett made music. He was fun. It was fun. Music critics didn't like him. He was fun. I believe. You know what? You want to think he's cotton candy music? Go right ahead. I love margaritas. We had margaritas all weekend, me and Sweet Cheeks. Okay. In honor of Jimmy Buffett. In fact, Saturday night, once we really, you know, all the news came out, we had cheeseburgers and margaritas. There you go. Cheeseburgers. And That's the perfect combo. So he's a Wrigley Field legend. By the way, let me tell you this about the Cubs. We are the Cubs station. Yes, we are. We are the Cubs station, mister. Today, Cubs are back home at Wrigley Field, starting a big series against the Giants. Pre-game begins at 1245 with first pitch at 120, on the score and the Xfinity Cubs radio network. That's us. So you know Jimmy Buffett was the first. When the Cubs decided to get serious about 
what they were going to put in center field. Jimmy <laughs> Buffett was the first one. There you go. Right? Yep. First rock concert. He did two. I was at the first one thanks to my divorce lawyer, Jim Rubens. He had tickets. So we're, we saw this, and I neglected to wear my coconut bra and grass skirt. Would you have worn a coconut bra and grass skirt to Jimmy Buffett and Wrigley? I probably would have, but I do not own those uh, to wear. Yep. Nor, nor do I own a, a fin to the left or a fin to the to right. right. So he became a legend for that because look what followed. Legend oh. after legend after legend after legend, right? Buffett was the, I, I don't remember the year. You can undoubtedly tell me. 2005. 2005. And I know my brother's an electrician. My brother worked on the setup for the concert. So oh. he was he was kind of backstage there. But it was such, because it was the first one. It was a huge, do you remember how huge of a deal it was? Oh, the concert at Wrigley Field. Jimmy mm-hmm. Buffett, right? I do remember. I do remember indeed. And now it's like, you know, how many are there every summer? And I've actually been to two this summer, and I've gone to dozens maybe. I've been to a lot of shows at Wrigley Field because it, it, they seemingly book very good shows every year. Though. Yeah, well, you Tom That's Petty, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah, they seemingly book. Paul McCartney, Guns N' Roses was this year. Pearl Jam. Pink for the Wife. That, that was, was Grody's, a good one. Grody's good friend Ed was singing. The 2016 Pearl Jam show that Stacy and I went to, it was in mid-August-ish, 2016, right before what would eventually become the World Series. One of the high watermarks of my concert-going life, not only did Pearl Jam play just an unbelievable set, but you get because the Cubs still hadn't won yet, right? They were on that. The, the season was going wonderfully. Yeah, it started off 25-6. and six. Hello? They were, they were favorites to actually end the drought, but the drought at that point was still 108 years. And then Grody's buddy Ed gets up there and he sings all the way. And you're at Wrigley Field, and it's a beautiful summer night, and you get all the feels that mm-hmm. way. Oh, so good. So the Jimmy Buffett concert was – he's well-known for that. He was the first one. Yeah, I'll do this. I'll be – he had a history in Chicago that I didn't know about but has now come become unwound. They, these threads are coming out. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to 1984. He – was friends with Steve Goodman. Mm-hmm. Steve Goodman, legendary folk songwriter, mm-hmm. Chicago, wrote Go Cubs Go. Of course, in typical Cub fan tradition, that's what they sing. They sing a pregame song after the game, <laughs> after they win. <laughs> yes, right? they do. Well, Steve Goodman was scheduled to sing the national anthem for the 1984 Series against the Padres opened at Wrigley Field. Set on a mound. Mm-hmm. And less than two weeks later, Steve Goodman passed away. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Buffett pinch sang. I was not aware of this. I, I don't. I don't remember this. Well, here it is. At this time, we ask that you please rise and join in the singing of our national anthem, as sung by the popular recording star. Jimmy Buffett. This is for Steve Goodman. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light 
What so proudly we hate. You know the words. You don't have to stand up. That's he pinch sang. This is for Steve Glivett, Jimmy Buffett, a legend 40 years ago, almost 40 years ago. And here's something else that I had no idea. And we often, the sports, sports art, sports music connection, because every, every athlete wants to be a rock star. Every rock mm-hmm. star wants to be athlete. And they, they all think they're great at the other one. Tim Flannery. You remember Tim Flannery? Padres? Yeah. How could I forget? I think 11-year career. Yeah. He posted this. There's a picture of him on stage with Jimmy Buffett in Chicago. And this is the what he wrote about it. This came in the mail today from Jimmy Buffett's manager. And it is a picture of Jimmy Buffett singing on stage in Chicago in front of Tim Flannery, who's got a guitar in his arm, in his hands. Jimmy Buffett's manager found it in a file. It was 1989 in Chicago, and I played a baseball game against the Cubs at Wrigley. Jimmy had me meet him at his hotel after the game. He had a night off in the middle of his tour, so we went to this bar on the river where him and Steve Goodman used to play. When the house band took a break, his band and us, who were partying at a big league level... <laughs> Hit the stage, took over the band's instruments, and rocked a set in front of a jam-packed outside venue on the water. Anyways, I'm so glad I played my years on the road when there wasn't social media. Ha-ha. Thanks, Charlie Fernandez, for reminding me of this story today. Oh, the stories we could tell. If it all blows up and goes to hell, I wish that we could sit upon the bed in some hotel and listen to the stories we could tell. Close quotes. So imagine that you go to see a, you know, a summer afternoon, sure. summer day, evening, right? You go to see a, you go to see a band and they're going to take a break. Uh, and what happens, right? You go to the bathroom, get your, whatever, yep. stretch your legs. Oh, wait a minute. Jimmy Buffett's taking the stage. The, the actual musician. Uh, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't disparage bar bands, but you know what I mean? The, the big yes. time music man out there. And I read a thing in the Sunday Tribune yesterday so he knew Steve Good. So Buffett, when he was a nobody, like a literal nobody, just getting started out in the early 70s, was a visitor and then slash kind of a part of the Chicago folk music scene with Goodman. Mm-hmm. And John Prine was the other guy that was mentioned in this article. So he used to like buddy around with them in the early to mid 70s. And that's how he got to be kind of sort of a, a connecting or how he got connected to Chicago. And they used to stay in. And it was Goodman's house, and it was somewhere on Wayne Avenue, like 3700 North Wayne Avenue, back when Wrigleyville was just, you know, whatever. It was just the neighborhood. It was right. nothing no, nothing special. Well, that's where they lived. Legends, no legends. John Prine, Funny. Jimmy Buffett, yep. Steve Goodman. So anyways, there's other sad news. Um, Steve Harwell, whose name you might not know, but you certainly know the band he fronted, Smash Mouth. Mm-hmm. Steve Harwell, is his representative and family said he's in hospice care. His time is running out. And the 1994 smash from Smash Mouth. Somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. You've only heard it 20 million times. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the 
to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. So it is a it's smash from Smash Mouth. All-Star. And that was around the time that Steve Harwell and Smash Mouth played a role in what I thought would be a significant cultural event, cultural slash sports event in Chicago. They played the opening of the ESPN zone, where (laughs) Italy is now. Yeah. Right? Uh ESPN hired Smash Mouth with the All-Star. I mean, it's perfect. Sports song, right? Mm -hmm. You can do that. And they blocked off the streets at it's like State in Ohio or yeah, State Clark, in Ohio, Ohio yeah. mm-hmm. wherever Italy is now. They blocked off the streets and they put Smash Mouth in a boxing ring. That was their stage in the middle of the street. And then they had the red carpet walking in to the ESPN zone, fun and games and televisions and all that kind of stuff. And they're playing All Star. In the middle of Chicago streets. And the guest list for the opening included, I know Tyra Banks, because she had no time for us. But my son Brandon, who used to get up every morning to watch SportsCenter, Mm -hmm. got to meet Chicago's very own, Northwestern's very own Rich Eisen and Stuart Scott. Awesome. And they couldn't have been sweeter. I mean, they couldn't have been nicer to him. They, they, and he got to ride a horse next to Kenny Maine. <laughs> it's like the most 1994 thing I've heard. Like if Cheryl Crow had played there, I would have been like, yeah, that checks all the boxes there. Smash Mouth doing it, right? And, yeah. And then the cultural, the, the extension of that, because they, the way they crossed, this is what I love about Smash Mouth is I grew up loving the monkeys. Mm-hmm. Again, this, and it fits in my profile of Jimmy Buffett's, Jimmy Buffett's music was fun. Yep. Right? You're right in the age range. You're right in the fun range. Absolutely. And then Smash Mouth for the movie Shrek completely, like, generations later, and Mm -hmm. they do this. I just love it. Smash Mouth covered. I'm a believer. It was in Shrek. It's it's every generation. Oh, a hundred. When it, when I used to back in my twenties, uh, when I was just getting started in this business and working a million jobs, I used to DJ in bars. And that that was back when you had to play. You you couldn't just set your playlist and play it off your computer. You I had to fade back and forth and pick CDs and play songs. You or were actually swiping. I was actually pizza. I was de- yes, I was. I was actually DJing. And can I tell you? And this would have been almost thirty years after the fact. That song by the Monkees or Daydream Believer. I mean, everyone knows all the words and sang along. Mm-hmm. They were great drinking songs for for people of any age, really. And I think it's because the t- you remember the TV show. I'm sure you remember the TV show. 
people my age grew up on the reruns of the monkeys, right? Uh-huh. So everyone knew all the songs. Big, big uh, sing-along fun for sure, the monkeys. Davy Jones, before the end of his life, played Wheeling Days. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if he had played it after his life, I'd, the sentence that I would have been said counts as, well, that would have been really newsworthy. After all he right. was at Davy Jones' locker. Hey, yeah. That's it. So anyways, I we wanted the, the nexus of sports and music has always been a thing. It's been a great intersection. And I just send prayers for Steve Harwell of Smash Mouth and thank Jimmy Buffett for the wonderful stuff and, and the Wrigley legend. We're going to take a break. When we come back, guess what? Guess what? There's a city bidding on the Bears that has a new <clears throat> has a new player. Has a new player in their bid for the Bears, and the White Sox have done something good in the second half of the season. Come on. And it was told to me by our guest from the 4th of July. So I will connect all the dots for you here. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito, we are in for Mully and Haw. Happy Labor Day. Hope you're not doing nothing. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. You're kind of a wackadoodle. I don't know where you're going. Mark, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Les. What is all of this Arlington Heights bear stuff? It sounds like you're you've, you're printing up AH hats already. People keep coming up with uh, what are they going to call them? And the answer is they're going to be the Chicago Bears. Period. Let, uh, let me again repeat. You have two teams in New Jersey do they call themselves the uh, Meadowlands uh, Giants and Jets or the New Jersey Giants? No, they're the New York Giants. Well, what if New that's York one Jets. of the parts of the deal? What if that, like, what if Arlington Heights is the only way you can come it here is if we put that be. AH on the, the hat? N- Mark, the NFL will never allow that to happen. Oh, you don't think the it's NFL all a would marketing allow. thing? Do you think that they're going to. What, what, what's on the side of the Bears' helmets? Well, there is a C right now, but I'm just saying maybe they they're not put... going to be called the Arlington Heights Bears. People have to understand that. Anybody who thinks otherwise. Now, uh, you sometimes like to come on here and just kind of make waves, whatever. I get what you're doing. Don't buy into it, Mark. Steve Rosenblum. Mike Esposito on Sports Radio 670. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Score. Yeah, that's Grody poking the grobber. Just kidding. A.H. A.H. stands for something else, which I think Les probably would have thought Grody was <laughs> when he was. I love he definitely said it off the air to me, yes. Yeah. 
That was a pleasant surprise. I enjoyed that very much. Well, here's the story. Here's the reason why Sean Sears played that. It was wonderful. The, you don't need a reason to play Grody less stuff or any less stuff, especially when the Eagles are on the schedule. You just put, <laughs> sp- play less spelling Eagles. So the Bears are still negotiating with anybody, right? Your Arlington Heights. That's right. Your Arlington Heights Cowboys are playing, but your Arlington Heights Bears are are the, the city is still everything seems to be done there. Designs are made. There are versions of the stadium images floating around. There are they they know what this is going to look like and when they can get it done and all of that. However, that hasn't stopped the likes of Richton Park and Waukegan from, and now Aurora's back. Aurora's back again. You you heard Aurora early. Richard Irvin, who couldn't Uh win, he lost to Pritzker, Mm -hmm. went back to being the mayor of Aurora. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we want the Bears. We got it. But now we say, okay, if things don't work out, if they don't work, if they don't stay in the city and they don't go to Arlington Heights, we're here, over here. We got some places for you. We can do a lot of stuff. So Richard Irvin is still making. He did this last week, and I somehow the, missed this. Do you know who their new teammate is in Aurora? Yeah, as helping Richard Irvin make a case to convince the Bears to look and oh come boy. to Aurora. Dennis McKinnon, really, nineteen eighty-five Bear. Of course, that's all you got around here. Yeah. Dennis McKinnon has joined, been asked to, what whatever you want to, however you want to look at it, but he's part of their presentation. He's a liaison hmm. with this between Aurora, the Chicago Bears, the city of Chicago, and he's been doing doing work. I don't know how much work it is, um, and I'm not disparaging what he's doing, but he's been doing more than shaking hands. He's been representing Aurora, and they're serious about this. Here's Can I ask key. why? Because somebody asked, I guess. Well, he somebody's paying him, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So, Pinky re- recently had to sit down with the mayor. Not Mayor Irvin, but Mayor Johnson. Just sort of seeing where things are, how things are going. I mean, they're so far down the road with Arlington Heights. <clears throat> Again, stadium designs. Mm-hmm. There are... They're, they've done all that. They've leveled everything. Now, one of the things that Richard Irvin made a point of saying is that we we aren't going to be stuck up by the taxing districts. We're going to get that done ahead of time. That's one of the things that Kevin Warren, I think, looks really stupid on in my world because there's no more important person in America than a teacher, than an educator. And the school districts, one of many of which are teaching your children, yes, they are, are screaming about no. If you don't pay your property taxes, our educational system could be in trouble. And SAT scores have gone down in the state every year since 2017. We're making Illinoisans dumber. Teachers are the most important people in America, right? Agreed. Now. What do you think of you? Pay taxes. In Arlington Heights? What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, in Arlington Heights. What do you think well, about Kevin Warren 
saying, oh, we want to pay our fair share, but oh, by the way, we want to be locked into this. So you won't be paying your fair share, you hypocritical gas bag. Here's what I think, and here's what I hope. I hope and think both of these are true, that they will figure out whatever negotiating they have to do, they will figure that out with Arlington Heights is such a perfect location for what they want to do. I certainly hope that it does not go... I hope that it doesn't get screwed up because of exactly what you're talking about. But, but yeah, I mean, listen, the schools in Arlington Heights, the public schools are great. That's a lo- the reason a lot of us end up there, right? I moved there in part for the schools mm-hmm. because the schools are fantastic. I have a special needs kid. We're going to meet his teachers at Hersey High School tomorrow to talk about his IEP and all the other stuff, right? And the schools are great because property taxes are being paid. Because we pay taxes. Appropriately. To, exactly. Correct. So The Bears don't want to do that. If they do this correctly, it's a win-win for everybody, right? And I would love to have the new, whatever you want to call it, uh, entertainment uh, complex there by the old racetrack. It would be wonderful to have. And I certainly would like uh, being able to uh, have it there at a – you know, walking, biking distance, if I so chose, and it would be cool for the city to have there. Um, but yeah, I think, listen, I certainly hope that the Bears and the taxing districts, whatever it is, the school districts can figure this out. Because there's going to be so much money rolling through there. Just think about all the money, and I'm, I, it's, I know it's apples and oranges. Just think of all the money that rolls through Wrigleyville and, and Wrigley Field for all whether it's concerts, you name it, mm-hmm. whatever they have at Wrigley Field, that's not a baseball game, and even the baseball games. So think about all the money that flows through there and whatever gets taxed by the city, whatever. They're still making hand-over-fist money, right? Forbes just said the Bears raised their value to $6.3 billion. Okay? You mm-hmm. can afford to pay your taxes. So on the 4th of July, I did want to mention this because I teased it. Okay. One of our guests, you forgot. I, f- I can't remember who we had on on the 4th of July. My friend Bobby Pastrami. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right, right. Yes. Bob Schwartz. Uh huh. Bob Schwartz. I who wrote the book. Never put ketchup on, on a hot, hot dog. dog. Yep. So he actually was at, at Guaranteed Failure Field mm-hmm. the day that Kenny and Rick got it, mm-hmm. and he was in the offices, but he just didn't know that was the day they got it. So he, we had we shared cigars a week ago. He told me, and this is the one thing the Sox have done right this year. Out in center field in the concourse, there is. A hot dog stand. You can find them a lot of them, right? Yep. There is now a ketchup bell of shame. Hmm. The concession stand sees you. Apparently, this concession stand's out of firing range, too, so you don't have to worry about wearing <laughs> Kevlar. When the people who work there see people putting ketchup on a hot dog, they clang the bell. So as to humiliate them mm. for putting ketchup on a hot dog in mm-hmm. Chicago City. Did you know about this? I've has, never heard that before. Has anybody witnessed this? I have not seen it. I didn't know about it. And I tell my 11-year-old who puts ketchup on his hot dog, I'm like, dude, you can't put ketchup on a hot dog. I like ketchup. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, he's 11. I ex- I'll excuse it until he hits puberty, and then what we're going to switch to mustard, all right? Jake, that's it. No more ketchup on your hot dog. And by the way, Arlington Heights, Walter Payton lived there. Cole Komet is from there. Come on. 
Bears. Dennis McKinnon makes the point that Walter Payton opened up his roundhouse in our in, in Aurora. Yeah, that's true. Because they're a friendly government to deal with. All right. We're going to switch subjects. We are your Cubs station. We're going to talk Cubs with Megan Montemurro of the Chicago Tribune. And she covers the Cubs. And why is Jamison Tyon, why does he, who made him bad? And all of a sudden, Mike Talkman's good. And Cody Bellinger is the best MVP who's not in the MVP race. He has no so chance, good. and he's having a great year. We'll talk about Cubs next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 